Hi, everyone. Um, Welcome to our sermon for this week. Our sermon text is Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. So if you haven't read those, go ahead and read those. Otherwise, uh, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, We're continuing our series in the Sermon on the Mount, and we're through Matthew chapter 5 and going on to Matthew chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, it's sort of actually a little bit of a thesis statement. Um, in a way for the next couple of things he'll talk about. Jesus says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Um, And if we look and even go back further um, to the beginning of Matthew 5 and the Beatitudes, um, this is one of the main emphases of Jesus. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Um, And so what he's saying is we should be seeking righteousness, but we should be careful how and why. And so in the next couple of things Jesus will talk about, we see, if you have your Bibles open, you see um, he's talking here about giving, which we'll talk about today, then prayer, then fasting, and then treasures in heaven. All of these things are things that Jesus sort of brings up with this in mind, this idea of righteousness. And so tonight, um, or today, whenever you may be watching this, we'll be talking about giving. This is sort of Jesus' practical steps, uh, things we can do in this life to pursue God's righteousness. And the first one he mentions is giving. Um, and so with that, let's, let's talk about giving. Jesus says in verse 2 in Matthew chapter 6, So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. You know, before we even start with the second half of this statement, Jesus says, When you give to the needy, It's kind of interesting. It's not an if. It's not if you choose to give to the needy. It is a when that he says. He says, when you give to the needy. And and we can sort of assume here that for you and for me, that this is something that Jesus presupposes his followers will do, that you and I should be people who give to the needy, Uh, which is an interesting thought, isn't it? That this is something that Jesus just sort of assumed we would do, because in the very next section, he says, when you pray. Interestingly, that our giving should be just as natural as our prayer, just as regular. So not if, but when. And when you do this, do not do it as the hypocrites. Don't do it on the street corners. Don't do it in the streets. Um, And we know this should be true, that we should not announce it with trumpets to be honored by people. Because Jesus says that if we seek to have a reward from people, that... That will be their reward. That will be our reward. The honor we get from people around us will be our full reward. People will receive praise from people. And it's not a bad thing. If we do something nice and someone commends us for it, that's great. Right? If we are actively involved in charitable work or if we're actively involved in in some sort of thing that helps other people and people recognize you for it, that's fine. You know, it's not a bad thing. But what Jesus is saying here is be wary that you're not doing it for that purpose. Because if that's the only thing you want, then that's the only thing you may receive. It doesn't mean that it's not a good thing to give, but I think the question Jesus is getting at here for you and for me is why? Why do we give? Jesus then continues in verse 3 and 4 and says, when you give, essentially you need to give very differently. He gives a bit more hyperbole, uh, like when he talks about cutting off our hands or gouging out our eyes with sin. He also says here that you, when you give, 
Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. It's a bit of an exaggeration, but the point is very clear, isn't it? Jesus is giving us a reminder. It's nice to give. It's nice to be recognized. However, that's not why we do it. It's almost like he's saying, and this is how I sort of interpret it, is if you can give in secret, give in secret. If you want to do something nice for someone who is in need rather than writing a card or doing it publicly, do it secretly. Do it privately. We don't need the recognition. It's nice to give and be recognized, but again, that's not why we do it. Jesus says, if you can, do it in secret. You know, it kind of relates to what he said in our um, passage we read last week in Matthew chapter 5, verse 46. He says, when talking about loving our enemies, Jesus teaches that if we only love those who love us, what good is it? Right? And if we only give for what we receive in return, whether it be praise or adoration or some other benefit, what good is that giving? And it's it's kind of a common approach that we all make as human beings. Um, We help those who are like us. We serve those who we like. Uh, We make sure people hear about our giving and our service. We're quick to talk about it, you know. Oh, I'd love to be there, but, you know, I have this thing. I I, I regularly volunteer, and it's really hard to get away, and, and they really count on me to be there. See, giving is good, but, but do we need to talk about it so much? You know, we reach out and we give to things that are important, but, but should we worry about whether or not people know that we do? Or, or maybe sometimes we're even tempted to give based on the reward we get back. Um, one of the things this is really, you know, I come from the U.S., and the United States government gives tax breaks for donations. And so a lot of people give to charity, which is great, by the way. Um, it's great that people give so much, but because it's non-taxable income. So they're gaining a reward. So they give freely because they'd rather not pay the taxes, right? And that's okay. That's fine. If someone wants to benefit you for your giving, that's okay. But is that the point of our giving? Is that the reason that we are called to give for the reward or for the benefit? And then Jesus says something that's a little bit cryptic. (laughs) He says, Because your Father in heaven, or God, sees what is done in secret. God knows our hearts. And and what's amazing is we actually learned this way back in the Old Testament. When uh, Samuel is anointing future King David, he actually tells um, Jesse, uh, David's dad, that the Lord doesn't look at what the things the world looks at, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying. See, See, our Father in heaven... He knows the reason we give. He knows the reason we do what we do. And so if our intention is to gain notoriety, if our intention is to gain praise, then that will be our reward. We'll get it. If you give and if you're very charitable, you'll get the notoriety, you'll get the the benefits from it, from people and, and from society, and that's okay, but that will be your whole reward. And so the question I, I sometimes wonder when I look at this and I see that Jesus is calling us to give It says, Christians, what is our intention? How do we use our resources? How are we using the things we've been given by God? Because remember, this whole teaching about giving is in the context of pursuing righteousness. So it's not about what other people think of you, but about our righteousness before God. And you know, people have lots of reasons why they give. You could ask your coworkers, neighbors, family, friends, Do you give? Do you give to charity? Do you give money away? Why do you do it? And everyone could have a different answer. 
I don't particularly care about anyone else's answer right now. <laughs> What's your answer? Why do you give? I want you and I to think about our hearts and think about really what motivates us. There's three questions I want to ask that we can think about together. What do we give? Why do we give? And to whom do we give? What, why, and to who? So what do we give? Um, well, you heard it in our epistle reading for the day, which um, if you're watching this online, maybe you didn't hear, is uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 17, where John writes in his epistle that if we have the world's goods and we see someone in need, but do not help them, how is the love of God in us? It's 1 John 3, 17. Essentially what he's saying is if you have the ability to help someone, you should, right? So what do we give? Let me ask you, <laughs> do you have material possessions? Do you have the ability to help other people? You know, we in Switzerland have much, much more than the world, if we're, if we're honest. You know, I actually don't have a car here, but, but even if we have a car, I looked up, did you know that something like only 16 to 18% of the world's population even has a car? And if we have multiple cars in our households, that actually brings the number down. So if you have a car, you're actually, you have more already than maybe 80 to 85% of the world. Did you know that Switzerland, along with Luxembourg and Norway, has one of the highest median incomes per person in the world? So as far as salaries um, and household income and everything, we're in the top couple in the entire world. Let me, when we think about material goods, let me just phrase it this way. Maybe you don't make as much money. You're like, yeah, I don't make as much as the pharmaceutical people in Switzerland. I don't make as much as other people in Switzerland. I don't have a car. What are you talking about, Sam? Let me bring it up this way. Consider the credit card you have in your wallet. Now, also think about the iPad, computer, or the cell phone you have with your internet plan. Now, if you take your spending limit on your credit card or your bank card or whatever you have, and you go online with internet and with your cell phone or iPad or whatever you have, think about all of the things you could get delivered to your door within a week. And just think about it. Really, the limit is the only, your only limit is what your bank card or your credit card that you've set will allow. And so when scripture tells us that if we have the world's goods, we should help one another. Now let me just affirm with all of us, um, we certainly have the world's goods. In fact, we have the world's goods at our very fingertips. And so when we talk about this first question, what do we give? Let me just say this. We give what we have. What do you have to give? What resources do you have? From what excess can you give in your life? And it's not only material goods. Of course, we have much, much more to give. And like I said, you may argue that you're not that wealthy, that you don't have anything extra to give because Switzerland is so expensive that you use all of these resources just to live. That's fine. What other things do you have? Do you have education? Can you help teach? Do you have time? Do you have training? <laughs> At the very least, you have the Spirit of God dwelling inside you, equipping you to do the work of God. We all have plenty to give. So what do we give? We give whatever we have. Whatever we have, is that is what we give. The second question I ask, why do we give? Well, let me tell you, we don't give because we feel obligated. We don't give for the recognition of this world. 
As a pastor, I'm not telling you to give so that you give more money to IPC. Right? That's not the reason we talk about giving. We give because giving is at the very heart of our God. We give because our God is a giver. Remember last week Jesus says that God causes the sun to rise and the rain to fall on both the good and the bad? God gives to everyone. God displays his perfection in his giving. Let me just read you some examples of this, just to remind us. In Genesis 1, it says that God blessed Adam and Eve and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. Think about that. God gave us as, as humanity, as his children, all of the food we have. In Genesis 15, God gave Abraham and Sarah the gift of a child who would become the father of the nation of Israel. In Deuteronomy 8, Moses tells us that it is God who gives us the ability to make wealth, to be successful, to learn. It's all throughout the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, Jesus says in John 14 that he gives us peace. In Acts chapter 2, we just celebrated this at Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, Jesus promises us, and it's the fulfillment of in Acts 2, our gift of the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God that dwells within us. And then we read in the epistles, the, the Apostle Paul talks about this, all of the different gifts that also come with the Spirit. See, God is a giver. What did James say? James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Church, our God is a giver, and that is why we give. He gives good gifts to all of us. So then, for us as His followers, for us as His children, we are commanded to give, but more than that, giving is at the very heart of our God. And do not forget that you and I were made in God's image. And part of what we carry as image bearers is to be givers also. So what do we give? Whatever we have. Why do we give? Because our God has instilled it in us to be givers. And then lastly, to who do we give? According to Jesus, to those who are in need. Period. When you give to the needy. When you give to those who are in need. And this is where we need to search our hearts. This is where we need to examine and discern for ourselves what that means. Because as Jesus said in verse 4, God knows your heart. And so what do you need to give to? Who do you need to give to? Maybe you need to focus on the why. Maybe something that could help you think about this is, is this question. What do you love the most? What do you love? What do you care about? What breaks your heart? That's a good place to start giving. You know, remember the rich young ruler? He asked Jesus all about how to get to heaven and eternal life. And Jesus eventually tells him that he needs to sell everything he has because he loves his things too much. And he goes away really sad because he wasn't willing to part with it. See, God already knew that about him because God knew his heart. And so in the same way, God knows our hearts. So when we ask ourselves, what do we need to give? Who, who do we need to give to? Why do we need to give? We need to know what's in our heart. We need to know the things that are competing for God's attention and affection. 
You know, um, former American president Jimmy Carter wrote a book all about his life and everything. And in it, he's a Christian. And he actually is still alive. He's 95 years old, loves the Lord. And he worked with a pastor in New York City who was sort of doing great things for God. And everyone really respected this pastor. And um, he was actually helping immigrants from Puerto Rico and Cuba in, in New York City. And he was doing a lot with these immigrants and everyone really respected him. And he was having a lot of success in his ministry. And so Jimmy Carter, um, with a group from, he was from Georgia, I think, went up and sort of, he knew, met this guy, was getting to know this guy and, and asked him a question, essentially, how were you able, his name was Pastor Cruz. He said, Pastor Cruz, how are you able to be such an effective witness for the gospel in such a difficult area? helping and, and, and training immigrants into a new country. And his answer I thought was really, really good, and I wanted to share it with you. His answer was this. You only have two loves in your life. The first one is for God, and the second one is for the person in front of you at any particular time. <laughs> to be an effective witness for the gospel, this Pastor Cruz, who's a completely unknown pastor, never wrote any books, you know, never was a pastor of a great big church or anything, said something so profound when it talked about giving and serving others. He said, love God and love the person God puts in front of you at any given time. Church, we need two loves to help people in need. We need, if we want to be like Christ, it's not about preaching about giving. It's not about how much we give. It's about loving that person across from us. It's about looking across to whomever God has placed in our lives. Maybe it's our family one day. Maybe it's our coworker the next day. Maybe it's a stranger the next day. Maybe it's a classmate. I have no idea. But it's about looking across to the person in front of you and thinking and praying and asking God, how can I help this person? What does this person need? How can I be Jesus to this person in front of me at any given time? Maybe it's with time. Maybe it's with care. Maybe it's with money. Maybe it's with some sort of training. Maybe it's with something you have. But see, giving is so much more than just giving money. Giving is not just giving money. See, we so often think of giving as, okay, well, how much? That's not giving. And in fact, studies show around the world that charity has actually been more harmful because it doesn't equip people to care for themselves, right? This is the old parable of, would you rather have a fish? Or teach someone to fish, right? Would you rather be able to get fish every day or have a fish one day? So I would even argue maybe that just giving money is like the last resort. There's so many other things we can do when we talk about giving that we can help encourage and train and love and lift people up. We can put our arm around someone and encourage them. Well, we can't put our arm around someone right now. But soon we can put our arm around someone and encourage them in their day. What can you do? How can you give? What has God given you that you can give to someone else? It's not just about money, but giving all of ourselves, giving everything we have to the people God has placed in our lives. And I would even argue that this isn't just the people, again, that we get along with. This isn't the people in our house, but this is everyone. The people we disagree with, the people we don't understand, the people that are different than us. It's not about finding people like us. It's about helping those who are in need. Who's in need right now? Who's seeking understanding? Who's seeking grace? Who's seeking love? And how can we help? Because we are called to be Jesus to those who don't know him. 
You and I are the ones who give people of this world encounters with the living God who loves them. We are called to be the image of God in this world. And this world desperately needs more of the image of God, desperately needs more of a giving, loving God. So what are you doing with your resources, with your time, with your energy, with your worship? What are you giving to the people God has placed in your life? IPC, let me just reiterate these three questions. What do I give? Give whatever you have. And let me tell you, we have a lot to give. Why do we give? We give because we are made in the image of God and God has given to all of us. And lastly, give to those in need. Without qualification, without prejudice, without asking people to prove themselves to us, give to those who are in need. It's that simple. It doesn't mean it's easy. But this is the calling and the teaching of our Lord Jesus. When you give to those who are needy. And so let us be people who do these things. Let us be people who give freely. Let us be people who, who reflect the image of God. And let us be sisters and brothers in Christ who give without qualification and give without any prejudice attached. I hope the Lord does wonderful things in your life this week. And I hope you are motivated to examine your heart and see where you can give more this week. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we hope to see you soon. Bye.